Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with a new different type of segment where I actually have two uh, guest hosts here, and we thought we'd do a little bit of a segment on managing as a young leader. So we have uh, Bianca Marichaud and Carly uh, Bazian, um, who are two higher education professionals, and uh, they're also leadership consultants. And we wanted to go into kind of a three-part mini-sode where we wanted to ask a little bit about what were they doing uh, in order to get into their leadership roles right now. Uh, refining leadership would be the second part. And then kind of next steps, how do they set themselves up for success? So I figured we'd start off by learning a little bit about both of you. So if, if uh, you can kind of introduce yourselves, give a little bit about your, your background and maybe some kind of basic life trajectory, and, and then we'll, we'll talk and, and get into a conversation about leadership. So uh, um, ladies, uh, which one would you like to go first? happy to start. Hi, everybody. My name is Carly Bassian. Thanks for that intro. Just to give you a little bit of information about uh, my journey and why I'm in leadership today, I was always really interested in people and dynamics and relationships. Like many new grads, I started a program that fascinated me with psychology, but I didn't really know where it would take me from there. So I did my undergrad in in psychology and and fell in love with the discipline. I was totally on track to do my PhD in psychology and become a psychologist. I even had uh, the GRE booked, which is the graduate studies exam. And the summer of third year, just something changed. And I realized I don't do well in isolation and (laughs) doing research in the lab, which I had some experience doing and decided to pivot. So I was reflecting on what interests me beyond psychology. And I had some experience working with kids in the teaching profession and at day camps and decided to pursue graduate school still, but in education and did my master's of teaching at the University of Toronto. Fast forward, I graduated and had no idea still what I wanted to do. I did a teaching degree at that point and knew that I didn't want to be a classroom teacher. And I stumbled upon a job at Ryerson University uh, right out of school working as a client service administrator, which never was on the table for me. And Throughout my early stages of my career, I said yes to opportunities that interested me, which involved more and more leadership, and eventually landed where I am now, where I'm now managing a large team of, of 13 employees and working you know, with various organizations across the province supporting higher education initiatives. And yeah, I think it was just a lot of good luck and saying yes to opportunities and leaning into things that really interested me when it came to dealing with people. That's amazing, Harley. So uh, yeah, and with uh, for our other guest hosts, uh, Bianca, if you don't mind uh, sharing a little bit about your background. Absolutely. I feel like my love of leadership likely started in elementary, although I probably didn't name it leadership at the time. Um, I just, I always really loved being in charge and I come from a very big family too. Um, there's seven of us and I'm the second youngest. And I found that, you know, being second youngest, and there was quite significant age gaps between me and some of my older siblings, um, they often took the lead in other parts of life. Um, But when it came to me directing myself, I I, I just really loved that. 
And in elementary, when I started to slowly find um, that, you know, I liked when people listened to me and I liked when people um, uh, appreciated things that I had to say. So I would naturally gravitate towards like peer tutoring opportunities in middle school. And that just sort of continued into high school. And in high school, that's when my teachers really started pouring into me and, you know, encouraging me that you're you're really good at you're really good at this you're really good at teaching and you're really good at organizing and inspiring others and I, I never really thought of myself as as inspirational I still don't really think of myself as too inspirational <laughs> though many folks would say otherwise um but even just having those little seeds planted in me and starting to connect the dots of what I'm what I'm good at and what ignites me um, and the gifts that I'd like to share with the world, it started blooming more and more. Then I pursued my undergraduate degree in sociology, which is really all about people, places, things, structures, organizations, and how we all interact and react um, in the world. And a lot of that work was relational. It was about my ability to be able to connect with other people. Um, and so naturally, I continue to, to seek out opportunities within the academia stream, but also outside of it that would allow me to tap into that. I'm also a very naturally shy person. Um, I'm still very shy today, but I've learned how to um, mask it in certain instances, like right now, <laughs> where it seems um, like I would be very extroverted, um, but I'm, I'm actually quite introverted. I worked on campus as um, a student through the work study program. And I really feel like for me, that was my like adult turning point of stepping into more um, formalized leadership roles. So I worked um, at Ryerson as a um, student client service ambassador. And it was a really great fast paced environment that was my first time being sort of in charge, but also leading the exact same people um, that I'm in charge of. <laughs> and right. it felt nice because I was in the student perspective, but then when I was working, yes, I was a student too, but I had more knowledge to be able to share and to spread to everybody. Um, when I graduated, I was very confused about what to do next. And um, I did continue working at Ryerson, which was fantastic in a new role that allowed me to pursue leadership in a different way. Um, I was a little more autonomous. And so um, that leadership journey was fantastic because it allowed me to step out of my shyness. Um, it was in provincial recruitment. And so, you know, doing presentations to sometimes thousands of people, it allowed me to not only step out of my shyness, but to also cultivate um, the leadership seeds of uh, communication, tapping back into that high school notion of inspiring others. And so I eventually ended up pursuing a certificate in organizational leadership. And now fast forward, I'm managing um, a really great team, which is fantastic. It's my first time officially managing a team of this size. And it's almost been officially one year of me in this capacity. And I'm also about to start my master's of science and management because I 
I really love the leadership and management realm so much. Specifically, um, wellness intervention work is going to be my focus and the ways that it sort of shows up in the workplace and how we can make the workplace um, better from a mindfulness perspective. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So thanks so much, both of you, for, for sharing your stories and engaging in this conversation about leadership, especially for those of uh, the folks out there that are kind of the young leaders, because what we're finding more and more of is that uh, you are leading people who might be uh, your age, decades older, sometimes <laughs> maybe even twice your age in, in some, some instances. And that is a tough uh, road and a tough role to be in. Um, so, so tell us a a little bit about kind of that that uh, call to, to, to leadership and uh, how that became of interest. Uh, Bianca, you shared a little bit of that. So, so maybe Carly, uh, if you wanna share kind of your journey, cause you kind of skipped over like the fast forward to whatever. <laughs> so maybe a little bit of, of that call to leadership would be great to elaborate on. Absolutely. And I resonate a lot with Bianca's story about being interested in leadership at a very young age, but not necessarily having the language or the awareness that that was something that interested me. And I remember the first time I really saw myself as a leader, I was actually nine years old. Okay. I had the privilege of being part of a program that still exists today that I still volunteer for that's called Future Possibilities for Kids Canada. Oh, yeah. And they're a wonderful organization that works with children ages nine to 12. And they teach these the next generation how to be leaders. And I had the opportunity opportunity of being paired with an adult coach. I came up with a goal on how to make my community better. So I did a fundraiser and raised $1,000 at the age of nine. And I felt like I was on the top of the world and realized that even though as a, as a young person, I have real impact on my community. And, you know, we often talk about leadership in a very flippant way, you know, leadership roles and leadership capacity and, and leadership this, that, and the other. And I, I really think a lot about what leadership means to me. And uh, for those of you who have, uh, you know, a toe in the leadership world, you would have heard of Brene Brown, who is an inspiration mm -hmm. to many of us. And whenever I think about my call to leadership, I go back to one of my favorite quotes by Brene Brown that I have right in front of me. A leader is anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and has the courage to develop that potential. And anytime I'm, you know, I'm faced with a new challenge or meet a new person, I'm always trying to think about how can I make this person better? Or how can I make this situation better? How can I be a support to elevate that person to the next level? And when I started, you know, as a client services ambassador in higher education, I was constantly finding ways to elevate my colleagues and finding ways to elevate the students that I work with. And I think that's what set me apart from many people because people who are in leadership positions for the glory and for the title and for the money, it's not genuine. And right. you don't foster meaningful leadership relationships in that way. I really believe in servant leadership. This is an example of servant leadership where you ask yourself, how can I be of service to others and see people grow? And I've had the complete honor to work with Bianca for the last few years. She, I remember meeting her as a student and you know, just the amount 
of elevation that she has given me and I have given her, I think have really elevated one another and have allowed us to reach where we are today. So for me, my call to leadership is just elevating people, finding that potential and fostering that potential. And the fact that it's different for every person makes it so exciting because supporting someone in a leadership capacity for person A will look very different for person B. So I'm constantly on my toes and constantly finding new ways to, to be a support. So that's my call to leadership, finding potential in people. Sounds good. And, and I'm reminded of uh, some of those uh, probably, I guess they're memes now on, on LinkedIn, where you see like the leader versus the manager and, and how the, the boss kind of like berates their, their staff and that the leader kind of uh, ushers them into the kind of the, the new vision. Uh, and, and some of the work by uh, folks like Simon Sinek, who say like leaders eat last uh, mm-hmm. and, and really uh, pr- provide that platform for their folks to, to be the, the best version of, of, of them uh, as well. And, and uh, to, to your point about leaders are really ones that, that make other leaders, right? So they shouldn't be the ones that are trying to step on, on their folks to get ahead. They are the ones empowering others so, so we all can be better. So I think that's, that's amazing. So uh, and, Bianca- And another, you know? oh, just one more point that you touched on, you know, just the difference between a manager versus a leader versus a boss, right? Sure. I think that we often use the term leader and manager or leader and boss interchangeably. And I think that's really dangerous. I was a leader well before I became a manager of people. And I think that for those who are listening, who are interested in management or or leadership in their early on in their careers, even if you're not in a management position, doesn't mean you can start being a leader now. And that was something I wish I knew back when I was starting. I thought that I needed to have the manager title to make a difference, but I actually learned very quickly on that. I didn't need to wait for that to become a leader in my team. So Bianca, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your leadership journey, I know you mentioned it uh, a little bit before, but uh, kind of what was your call to leadership and, and what about leadership interests you the most? I would say my call to leadership um, really truly started to take off when I was doing provincial recruitment. Okay. There's something that's so, so humbling and such an honor um, working in provincial recruitment. So effectively, I was traveling across Ontario to different high schools, sometimes to adult learning education facilities, and talking about um, Ryerson and, you know, all the great things that Ryerson has to offer and starting to create bridges of, of hope and opportunity and possibility between prospective students and the institution. And it was really as I continued to go to more schools in different areas across Ontario that I've even never been to before and hearing stories and talking to students, especially the students who really never saw university as an option for them, but seeing me at the front of the room as a particularly as a young black woman and um, especially when I would connect with usually other black students, but many other folks of color too, it, it was such an honor to be able to help them see that bridge of possibility. And I really think that that speaks towards what I believe my, my personal superpower is, which is helping others to develop that, that, that power that's within them that's just waiting to be woken up and in turn to be able to transform their teams or their organizations or or just the way that they show up 
in the spaces that they show up in. For me, my favorite part of leadership is having the ability to inspire and encourage and equip folks with the, the tools and the resources and, and above all the confidence that they need to, to be successful, however they define success for them. Right. Um, and, I, and I really, I try my best to do that by having those tough conversations that, that deepen relationships um, and by inspiring bold conversations that are quite often uncomfortable sometimes, but are necessary in order to move forward and to be able to continue to grow both as ourselves and, and, and in the teams that we show up in. Yeah, for sure. I think that's that's amazing. And, and one of the um, definitions that I've heard uh, a leadership as is basically someone who kind of paints that vision, right, is that source of inspiration that says, hey, this is possible. Uh, and then basically brings a team together. Sometimes it's just that one person in order to, to get what they want. And then basically uh, gets out of the way and, and unstucks them if there's anything that's kind of blocking in terms of obstacles and things like that. And, and when you have those things, you can be a leader and you don't have to be the CEO of a company. You can just be a, in any, any spot and, and become that leader. So uh, I, I love if, uh, if each you and maybe we'll start with, with Bianca first. Uh, talk about the biggest surprise uh, as a new leader, uh, especially being one uh, probably possibly younger <laughs> than the folks that you're also uh, leading and, and managing. So, so tell us a little bit about uh, some of those uh, potential surprises. I think one of my biggest surprises um, was how how isolating it could be, um, mm -hmm. especially as a younger leader. So when I first went into sort of my official like leadership role in which I was actually leading a team. I was so young. I was, I think it was 23 when I started. Um, and much of my team was two and a half times my age. Right. And so, I mean, I knew going into it that there would be some difficulties in, you know, the, the, the age gap, um, generational differences and stuff like that. But I don't think I was prepared for how isolating of an experience leadership can be when you don't have a community or, or just folks that you can lean on. Um, and that was, that was really surprising to me because I, I always saw um, folks that work in leadership management capacities as like pals, you know, everyone is kind of there for each other and, and it, it just happens. But it really is something that you have to be um, purposeful about and thoughtful in creating. And you really do have to have intentionality be, behind finding your champions and your supporters and the people who will be there when you had a rough day and you really need to talk to someone about that rough day or you're going through a really tough um, employee-employer relation and you just don't know how to navigate it. So that, although it was very isolating for me at the beginning, and it was for quite a long time, um, thankfully, that is something that is much better now, but it was quite surprising how isolating it can be in being in a leadership capacity. Yeah, and that's definitely uh, resonates because uh, in the discussion with a lot of employees, you, you're kind of like the, the us versus them. And then when you become a leader, you are the them. Right? You are that person that, that's now on the other side. And uh, everybody else is kind of ganging up on you, so to speak, on that. So to have that support structure is definitely important. 
Uh, Carly, what about yourself? What was kind of the, the biggest surprise as a new manager, new leader? I agree with Bianca wholeheartedly. I think isolation was a huge wake up call for me as well. And learning to create my own network was a really key piece for me. Um, beyond that though, I think another really big surprise for me is that there's no training. When you <laughs> take on a leadership role and when I say leadership, I really mean, you know, leading people and being that inspiration for a group of people or managing a team, there is no management training for the most part. I'm lucky. My employer actually does offer professional development for new managers and has communities of practice. But, you know, based on a lot of my peers and, and friends and other colleagues I've connected with over the years who work elsewhere, there isn't usually training and you need to really take it upon yourself to do that and to do that learning on your own time because you may think you know how to lead you may think you know how to manage a team but you don't and i've learned a lot through professional development so as bianca mentioned i'm also a graduate of the organizational leadership certificate um, through ryerson university and have done lots of linkedin learning and, and reading articles harvard business review is a really great resource and lots of podcasts so you got to learn how to lead it's not always natural Sure. I think I remember reading an article where the average age where someone gets a leadership role is about 34, and the average age where someone gets leadership training is 40. <laughs> so there's kind of a six-year cap afterwards that you actually get the, the training. And then uh, definitely you want, you want to uh, take it on your own because just because you are the best whatever, like coder, developer, administrator, analyst, whatever, uh, that's actually a total, totally different skill set than managing. Um, and sometimes you become like the worst manager because you have no idea. It's all that relationship with, with people. So just be aware that just because you're the, the senior something and get promoted up to manager doesn't mean you're automatically uh, good at that. And I, I guess uh, a, a question for you would be, what was kind of the, the biggest learning curve uh, in that whole process? Um, so obviously you went through some potentially formal training in there, but was there anything that you learned within the training or outside of the training that, that would be helpful for other folks to learn about? I can start with that. Uh, biggest learning curve for me was to not take things personally. Mm -hmm. I'm a very sensitive person. And I remember my early days, you know, uh, one of my first one-on-ones with a direct report, I asked them, what can I do to support you in your role? And she, and she looked at me and said, how can I possibly take you seriously? You're my daughter's age. <laughs> and I took it so personally, but it just, you have to let those things brush off, roll off your back. Those were early days. They didn't know me. They didn't know what I was, you know, all about and what I could offer them. So you're going to be told things that upset you. You're going to be given decisions made by senior management that you're not going to agree with and you have to be the bearer of bad news people will react really poorly and you just need to learn that you have to separate the personal from the business right i think that's very important skill to learn well just in throughout life not necessarily just as a leader <laughs> i think it's one of those skills that everybody but uh, especially so because you have a lot more responsibility and sometimes the folks that, that you are managing aren't privy to the same sort of information and and um situation that you're into uh bianca what about yourself what was the biggest learning curve for you as a leader i think hindsight is always 2020 so i really um, I now appreciate that perhaps one of my biggest learning curves was truly understanding myself so that I would better be able to understand others and then therefore figure out um, how to disseminate information or how to inspire them or how to encourage just how to be a better, a better people leader. Um, 
self-awareness is so, so underrated. And it's become such a buzzword, which is unfortunate because there's some real work um, and intention that goes behind truly understanding yourself. When I first stepped into that leadership role, I was met with so much resistance um, and so much hesitation. Folks didn't think that they would be able to, um, to, to learn from me or that I would be able to support them because I'm young, because I'm, I'm, I'm new. Um, and you know, they've been working in these spaces for much longer than even I've been born. Right. And you know, it's like Carly mentioned, it's hard. I'm also a very sensitive person and and it's it it it's very hard at times to not see yourself as as the issue. One thing that I embarked on when I first entered into that role, um, which was very tough, was a very, very robust 90-day plan. Um, I truly believe that the first 90 days are groundbreaking and foundational to setting the stage for how the rest of your time in a, in a department or organization will go. And so I really committed that first 90 days to understanding everyone on my team one-on-one. And, and I wanted to know more about what are your hesitations and um, what are your reluctances when it comes to me leading you? And like, let's really dig deep into that. And it was tough. Oh man, it's tough. It's tough to hear um, to hear direct feedback, especially when you're asking for honest, blunt feedback. But that was truly transformative to allowing me to finally unearth folks' hesitations, understand where they um, truly are rooted, and then begin to plant seeds so that a new garden can bloom and we can water that garden together. So yeah, my biggest learning curve was truly understanding that if I want to inspire, engage, encourage, mobilize others, I need to understand myself first and I need to um, be able to identify even um, my triggers and like my boundaries and where, where my gifts that I'm able to share and excel at um, end and when I need to uh, lean on other supports, let's say, to to help move something forward. That sounds good. Yeah, a lot, a lot of useful information in that as well. Again, self awareness is, is so important. Again, everywhere, but especially in a, in a manager because you're dealing with the personalities of of others that you have to be mindful of in addition to to yours. And and definitely, if you're not taking yourself uh, anything too personally or too, anything too seriously as well. Um, that then then it'll, it'll be helpful. So uh, if, if as we close things off for this um, kind of mini so can can you share a little a little bit of the uh, the swipe maybe one element uh, for some of the new managers that are out there. So the, the the younger leaders that that are heading into their their first role, uh, what is one uh, swipe that they should know? Uh, and then uh, we'll continue on the conversation in another episode. So Bianca, what would be yours uh, that you would share? Um. My swike that I would share, I would say, um, which kind of links to uh, what I'm going to be studying in my master's, but there really is something to be said about mindfulness mm. um, and truly, truly spending time with and understanding 
yourself and being able to identify what you like, what you don't like, and why that is, what your value system is, and where those things come from, and when your value system is 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 compromised, um, how do you how do you naturally react to that? Something that I remember in an early conversation I had with um, Carly when I was coming into a new management role was I told her, you know, I'm trying my best to focus on my second emotion. My first emotion is my gut reaction. It's how I've been socialized to react to something. My second emotion is my more rational emotion. It's when I've stopped, I've maybe taken three deep breaths, I've centered myself and grounded myself, and now I'm actually putting thought behind, you know, what's next? How, how am I going to react to this? I think it's so important for us to understand our, our own styles and our mm -hmm. own ways of doing and knowing and learning before we even attempt to, to scratch the surface of doing that for other people. I think that's super important. And it reminds me of uh, a quote by Viktor Frankl, who was one of the Holocaust survivors, where he says, uh, between um, stimulus and response, there is a space. And within that space lies pretty much all of our freedom. So uh, if you take that space to get to that second emotion, then you can uh, accomplish a whole bunch more. So uh, Carly, how about yourself? What is the uh, swipe that you'd want to share with a new manager uh, that, that is up and coming in, in a new leadership role? I'll reiterate what I already said earlier is that you can be a leader before you become a manager mm -hmm. and to just lead into opportunities where you feel like you have purpose and that you can make a difference. It's those pivotal moments, whether you're still a student or just starting in your full-time career, take those opportunities, lean into it, learn from it, reshape your leadership and continue on that journey and good things will come. Sounds good. And on that note, we'll close off this episode and we'll hopefully, well, we will have you back for a future episode as we continue our discussion on um, managing as a young leader. Thanks, both of you. Thank you. So thanks for joining us. And if folks want to reach out to either of you, uh, where can they find you? So, so Carly, where, where can folks reach out to you? I'm most active on Twitter and LinkedIn. So you can find me on Twitter at cbassian, so C-B-A-S-I-A-N. And on LinkedIn, my name is Carly Bassian. Happy to connect. And Bianca, how about yourself? For me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Bianca Mary Show. And that is the best way to get in touch with me. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.